Hello everyone. Yeah, hi, it's really great to be with you. We are Mark and Lindsay Mellowish and um, we look forward to sharing with you for a few moments today. Yeah, it's really lovely to be here. Uh, we've really enjoyed getting to know Mark and Megan better in the recent past and it's really great to have this opportunity to share with you. So it's been quite a year, hasn't it? We've, um, we've been through some major crises. I, I don't think it's just the current pandemic. I think we've been through three crises. The first crisis, I think, was the crisis of climate change. And um, many thousands of people for many years, we being, some of them actually, have been crying out for action on climate change. Then all of a sudden, one child's name became a household name across the country, and that was Greta Thunberg. And uh, for some reason, maybe it was the wind of the spirit behind what she was saying, for some reason that, that cry of change went out around the world. So everybody's been trying to respond to climate change in some way. It's true. And then the second crisis that's rocked us all is the pandemic, which we, I guess, are still continuing to journey through. Um, no one has been unaffected, whether through illness or job loss or anxiety or being furloughed. That's a term, isn't it, that's really become very familiar to us recently. Um, and some people simply just felt really, really isolated. And we've yet to experience, I think, the, the full backlash of the economic challenge that this has brought to us all. And then, like the name Greta Thunberg became a household name, for some reason the name George Floyd became a household name. And the cry of racial justice has gone up around the world. George Floyd wasn't the first black person to have been killed in such a way, um, so wrongly in... Uh, uh, in uh, in America, um, but actually it's not just America, is it? There's been racial injustice around the world. And um, uh, for some reason, this cry has gone up and we face another crisis and a cry for change, a cry for a, a new way of doing society, a new way of being. And perhaps the question we have to ask in all of this is what's God saying to us? That, that, that doesn't mean that God sent these things. Certainly God didn't send climate change. That was what we've done to the planet. God didn't send the pandemic. That's how we've misused the planet's resources. God didn't send racial injustice. That's how we have treated one another. But God's always speaking. So what's God saying to us? How are we called to respond in this crisis? How are we called to rethink uh, the future? Isaiah 43, 18 says this, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And our senses, that's a word for now, as it was at the time. Lots of us have probably said to ourselves in the midst of the pandemic, oh, I can't wait to get back to normal. Can't wait to go out to a restaurant for something to eat. Maybe book a holiday. Maybe even get back to church as we know it or as we knew it before. And these are very normal kind of hopes, aren't they, in a way? Because we all like the thought of something familiar, especially in the midst of something that is so anxiety provoking. But what if God is asking something different of us? What if he's calling us to listen? To listen to what he wants for us in this new season? What if he's saying to us, forget the former things, don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. 
Because if he is, then we don't want to miss out, do we? We really don't. Jesus said it in a different way in John 21, in, uh, to Peter in John 21, verses 1 to 9. And I'm just going to read that to you, if I may. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were, there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water and headed to the shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore for they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. And this is the situation. Um, the disciples have been through a crisis, like we've been through a crisis. Their crisis, of course, was the fact that this person that they had thrown everything up for, where they'd left their careers, their jobs, where they'd um, abandoned their families to a certain extent, where they'd done three years of, of journeying with Jesus and experiencing his ministry and, and participating in the things of the kingdom, suddenly were thrown into disarray when he was put to death, they watched him be put to death on the cross. And, 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 and listen, dead men don't come back to life. So, so they knew he was dead. And not only that, they knew he was buried in a tomb. Then, of course, they had experienced him as risen. I mean, they, they, they'd, they'd had him suddenly appear in the room with them and, um, and disappear again. And, but I think they couldn't interpret the time. They couldn't work out what it meant. So this is what they did. They returned to the former things. Peter said, look, let's just go fishing. And they said, yeah, we're coming too. We're coming with you. And so they went and they did that, that they knew that what knew how to do. And um, uh, as they did that, they fished all night, it says, and didn't catch anything. Maybe they'd lost a bit of their skill base in those three years. But Jesus then calls to them from the shore. They didn't know it was him. And he says, look, throw your nets on the other side. And as they did so, so they caught a haul of fish that surprised them all. And perhaps Peter at that point, seeing the fish, looked up at the shore and thought, that's the Lord. And so he hooked up his tunic, jumped in the water and ran ashore. And we just wonder whether the Lord's calling us to throw our nets yeah. on the other side, to change the way in which we do things. We're going to have to not just reopen our churches, but reimagine church. We've embraced an online community. Our online community is a very real community. I don't think we'll ever be able to let the online community go. We're going to have to reimagine the way in which we do church, the way in which we are seen as churches. So what's the Lord calling us to do? He's calling us to throw our nets on the other side, to forget some of the former things, not throw out the baby with the bathwater, but to embrace a new thing as well. So what comes next? I think probably... What comes next is to listen, to listen together, 
to what the Lord is saying. And that will bring change, and change we know brings challenge, and we will need to stand together in it. So how will we respond in the aftermath of these three crises? What's our response personally and as a Christian community to climate change and the call that's gone out across the world, almost like a megaphone? What's our response to the COVID pandemic and the reimagining of society? And what's our response to the cry for justice at the death of George Floyd? Lots of people are already making changes to their lifestyle, um, maybe in their diet, to their diets, um, to um, their meat consumption, uh, maybe to reducing their plastic use and to, um, to rethinking their use of transport. Maybe that's something that you've already started to do. I know that we have. The way we do church has definitely changed and that the new community that we've met online may mean, as Mark says, that we will always have online services alongside being there in the building face to face. But not just that. How will we respond to the rise in un unemployment, to the increased use of food banks, to the economic challenges that will be faced by many in this country? How will we as churches rise to the challenge of meeting some of those needs and answering the cry particularly of the poor? You know, we think that we have an opportunity right now to be beacons of light in our communities. And Jesus calls us to do that, doesn't he, in, in the Sermon on the Mount. He actually says, you're the salt of the earth, you're the light of the world. I think that's a pretty scary verse. You're the salt of the earth. You're the ones, you're the agents of change. You're to bring change. And um, uh, change is always challenging, as Lindsay says. Mm. But we are to be people who continually change. Anything that grows changes. A plant that grows changes. A child that grows changes. Anything that grows changes. We all change throughout our lives. And, and we've got to bring change, perhaps to reimagine the church for the future, to reimagine the way in which we do things, but also to be lights. Light brings hope, doesn't it, in darkness? Light brings hope for the future into, into places where people at the moment are saying it feels hopeless. We're to be, we're to be those agents of hope. And, 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 and we're to be people who respond to the cry for racial justice as well. And um, justice is on the heart of God. Let me just read to you from Isaiah 58. No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Feed those who've been wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Gosh, if that's ever a cry to see racial justice come, that cry is right there for us. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from your relatives in need. That little bit of that verse always makes me smile. But there's a, there's a cry for us to respond to the pandemic, isn't it? To be people who share our food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless, clothes to those in need. How are we going to do that as churches? And, and the beauty of Isaiah 58 is this, that it goes on and says, Then your salvation will come like the dawn. Your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call 
the Lord will answer, yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. So what comes next? Let's be Christians who are ready to respond to this new situation. Let's be those who say, Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you are doing, that we as churches might be ready to respond in in a way that where we are those agents of change, where we are those bearers of light, where we are those bringers of hope. Mm. Why don't we pray? Mm. Father, we know that you are always calling us to listen to you. You always have direction for us. You're always wanting to guide us and lead us on. And we're aware that now, especially at this point in history, we really need to hear you. We don't want to just return to the former things, Lord. We want to be right where you are at and we want to be following you, whether that be in our personal lives or whether it be in the the church community that we're part of. So Lord, we just offer you ourselves now and we say, we want to be people who listen. We want to be people who hear and we want to be people who follow. Yeah, and Lord, we pray in the light of these three crises that you would forgive us for the way in which we treated the planet and that you would forgive us for the way in which we've treated each other. And Lord, would you speak to us that we would find new ways of doing things where there is a greater kindness, a kindness to the planet, a kindness in the way in which we treat things, a kindness in the way in which we treat one another that we would be those who are willing to throw our nets on the other side. And in so doing, Lord, to see more of your kingdom come. And we pray these prayers in the precious name of our Lord, Saviour, Friend and Master, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thanks, everybody. Thank you. God bless.